Hello, friends, and welcome to this episode of the Lockdown Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. In breaking news, the Jets have actually defeated the Tampa Bay Lightning, which if you had that on your 2022 NHL bingo card, well, congrats. You probably were one of the few people who might have actually expected this, while the rest of us probably weren't holding our breath, let's be honest. We'll talk about what exactly transpired in this game, whether it's really a measuring stick like Captain Blake Wheeler indicated it might be, and preview a little bit of the upcoming schedule because from here on out, it's only going to get harder for the Jets. All this coming right up on tonight's episode of Locked on Jets. You're locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and uh, welcome to tonight's episode of Locked on Jets. Thank you for joining us on this wonderful day or evening or even afternoon. Don't know what time you'll be listening to this on a wonderful Wednesday. But I'm sure if you were watching last night's game, you're feeling pretty darn good because the Jets defeated the Tampa Bay Lightning. And in this in this episode, we will be getting into what exactly happened, what we can take away from it. Does it mean anything for the future of this team? You know, especially in regards to the rest of the season. Yada, yada, yada. Before we get underway, though, I just wanted to say thanks again for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you enjoy what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, and Odyssey. Doing so is 100% free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. Most of all, though, we just really love and appreciate your support. Now, this game can be kind of divided into a couple of different periods. Uh, the first, of course, was where there was absolute chaos for about 20 minutes. Uh, you know, Winnipeg and Tampa Bay both got off to really fast starts. The Jets in particular, you know, before you knew it, they were up 2 nothing. And honestly, you know, the first 5 to 10 minutes, they were all over Tampa Bay. I felt like Winnipeg's forecheck was really aggressive. Um, and what really impressed me was the way that they kind of hemmed in the Tampa Bay Lightning at their own blue line. This is not something that the Jets are traditionally very good at. When it comes to like neutral zone plays that basically pressure um, opposing defenders and skaters trying to create breakouts from defensive exits, the Jets usually don't have this much disruption um, and much less actually creating offense out of those counters. This time, though, Winnipeg was constantly pressuring in waves, and it felt like Tampa Bay for me was just really static. And then, you know, the Jets scored first on some really sloppy defending. Um, and, uh, you know, it's the kind of stuff where I'm kind of like, oh, is this the Tampa Bay Lightning or the Winnipeg Jets? Because the slot was completely wide open. And look, I know that Nikolai Ehlers is very good at creating space. But on one of the first couple of goals, Ehlers dragged, uh, I think it was Anthony Sorelli, out of position. And there were two defenders or something higher up, you know, between the two face-off circles. Which left somebody completely exposed right at the goal mouth. And the Jets basically had to tap in. I don't really understand why you would allow this to happen if you're Tampa Bay. You really can't give the Jets shooters that much space, let alone right in front of Vasilevsky. Like I said, that's a very amateurish thing to do and something that I would be more inclined to believe the Jets were doing, um, especially, you know, off of off of rush counters and stuff, than seeing Tampa Bay doing this off of just some sustained zone pressure from Winnipeg. Uh, you know, one of the other goals was a rebound goal where Logan Stanley... I think pinged it off the post or something, and it almost looked like it went in. In fact, the, the fans behind Vasilevsky 
thought the puck had crossed the line and were cheering, but it ended up being that it was off the post, skated along the lines, and then Mark Shifley sort of, uh, from like a really sharp angle, kind of swatted it in, and suddenly, you know, the Jets are up 2 nothing. the vibes are good, everyone's happy. Um, and then the chaos started. That's when things got a little bit crazy. Tampa Bay started creating two-on-one rushes, which, you know, this is a thing that Winnipeg has really struggled with this year, but it's especially noticeable when you've got Tampa, which is one of the best countering teams out there. This is a squad that has speed to kill you off the rush, and in many respects, I think Winnipeg's tendency towards turning the puck over, especially in the neutral zone, was really prevalent. Uh, In fact, I would say half to uh, maybe 75 or 80 percent of the odd man situations Tampa Bay actually created were because Winnipeg needlessly passed it through the neutral zone right to an opposing skater or somebody got caught being lazy in possession while skating away from, uh, you know, or, or up through the neutral zone. So this is something that the Jets, as they continue to improve and start moving towards the summer, they really have to address this. It's It's been a major issue with this team for many, many seasons now. Uh, and the tendency towards these really sloppy passes that get turned over and and really hem the Jets in, I would actually say a lot of it happens in the defensive zone more so than the neutral zone. You know, it's definitely an issue in all zones of the ice, but it's especially noticeable back towards the area where Hellebuck is. So if Winnipeg could maybe take some, like, I don't know, hockey clinics on this stuff, uh, especially during the upcoming training camps after the season ends, I really feel like whoever is going to be coaching this team has to focus on this and really rock drill it because right now Winnipeg's exits and stuff are kind of a mess and those turnovers give really good teams way too easy scoring opportunities. A lot of those counters were the only things that Tampa Bay was actually able to create for the first couple of periods. And so for me, it's just like, why would you give them an easy pass to the net? It's not like Hellebuck has been really sharp recently. Um, And ultimately, Tampa Bay actually scored three goals. Thankfully, the Jets were able to tie it 3-3. But, you know, Tampa Bay scoring that many after you had a 2-0 lead, it's not a great look. And I don't think anyone is, like, particularly surprised that it happened, but it's just frustrating. Now, I will say Hellebuck really didn't have a chance on most of these shots. Uh, What kind of occurred was, if it was like an odd man rush, um, Ryan McDonough had a beautiful snipe. There was a great snipe from Victor Hedman. This one was like sloppy coverage, similar to, uh, I think it was either Adam Lowry or somebody else who had one of the first Jets goals, um, whoever it was essentially just being left alone right in front of Vasilevsky. Same kind of thing here, um, except instead of it being right at the front of the net, you had Jets players just kind of standing around with a couple of lightning skaters, and all of a sudden Victor Hedman has literally like an acre of space right down the slot, which... If you give it to him, he's going to take it, and he absolutely sniped one uh, far right post against Hellebuck. Hellebuck never really had a chance. Just one of those goals where you kind of tip your hat and say, yeah, that was pretty darn sick. You really can't be too upset about it, you you know, for, for Hellebuck, I would say. Uh, it is kind of frustrating to see the Jets D be really asleep, and the forwards not really track Hedman either which is a very bad blown assignment. So not great, but at least, you know, if if took away one thing from this first period, it was pretty fun. Messy, at times very silly, but fun. What's kind of crazy is what happened after this first period, because the game really settled into a bit of a chess match, and you might be surprised to know who was the better of the two teams. We'll talk about what exactly Winnipeg adapted to, and how they ended up securing the win in just a little bit. Before then though, I thought you should hear a little bit about why Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the market. 
It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your New Year's plans. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, but it's even better for you. They make it easy to stick to your New Year's resolution because it tastes so good, you'll actually want to eat it, unlike all those other waxy, chalky, boring protein bars you're used to. Built Bars are coated in 100% real chocolate and contain around 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Good luck finding a candy bar that's as guilt-free as Built Bars are. Ready to make the change? Go through your cupboards or all of your secret snack stashes and throw out all the junky, calorie-laden, super-sugary foods that you can replace with Built Bars. You don't even have to love working out. Built Bars are suitable for every lifestyle and can help you cut calories the tasty way. To get started, go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order. Again, that is promo code LOCKED15 at checkout for 15% off at Built.com. Start your New Year's resolutions off the Built way. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Jets podcast. Thanks for making us your first listen of the day every day. While you're here, be sure to check out Locked On Now. It features bite-sized nightly recaps of every NHL game from our local experts. It's free and available wherever you get your favorite podcasts, and it's the fastest and easiest way to stay apprised of all the hottest league action. Now, moving on for tonight's episode, I wanted to continue our discussion about Tampa Bay versus Winnipeg. Uh, you know, we, we haven't gotten to the second and third periods yet, which... Comparatively speaking, you know, that first period was probably one of the craziest, and then the rest of the game kind of settled into a bit of a chess match. Uh, You know, that second period, Winnipeg, I thought was okay-ish, but you started to see Tampa Bay really push back. I think offensively, the Lightning were were very composed. They were creating some really good chances, and it just felt like both keepers had to make a couple of really decent saves. Vasilevsky more so than Hellebuck. Hellebuck really didn't face a particularly high volume of shots tonight, but I will say that, uh, especially in the first period, I thought that Helly was definitely facing some really premier shooters from angles that he didn't really have a great ability to cover, especially with the defense being wide open. Second period, it was a little bit tighter. I felt like Tampa Bay definitely got some really good chances here and there, but, uh, you know, for both teams, to be honest... It was a little bit difficult to find those open shooting lanes. I thought the Jets were, again, still okay, but not exactly um, as as freely moving as they were in the first period, which you would expect. Cooper probably made a few adjustments, tried to get the team back on track, and then, of course, after tying the game, you know, Tampa Bay is going to be looking for that next go-ahead goal and trying to really uh, push the, the throttle down because, you know, they probably saw what happened to the Jets after the Avs tied it, you know, the, the Jets proceeded to collapse, but that didn't really happen in this game. And I, I would say the Jets are to be commended for keeping their composure. You know, they're facing a, a premier team that is better than the Jets in almost every single category. So actually kind of collecting yourself and, and getting your head back in the game, it's not as easy as it sounds, especially against a team that is as vaunted as the Lightning are. I will say, though, that, that I thought, you know, Tampa Bay's defending wasn't really all that great, especially around the slot. Uh, The Jets didn't quite get as many opportunities there as they did in the first period, but it was still a little bit too wide open, I would say, for Cooper's tastes. Finally, though, as we got into the third period, things started opening up. Uh, The Jets ended up squeezing a goal through. This one on the power play, thanks to Pierre-Luc Dubois astutely collecting a great rebound opportunity or something right in the slot behind. I'm not sure who was in front of him. I I don't know if it was uh, Connor or somebody else, but basically there was traffic at the net front. Vasilevsky really couldn't track it, and Dubois ended up tucking it home for his 23rd goal of the season. And then, you know, the Jets, 
Unfortunately, they got into a little bit of a disciplinary issue right after scoring. They gave Tampa Bay a power play. But one thing that has changed this year compared to other years is that this PK is a lot more aggressive. I think, I I don't know if this is like a Lowry thing or not, but I think he's generally preached a a more aggressive mindset. And I, I do think that that is really helpful for the PK because the Jets don't really defend all that well on it. So you might as well create up ice pressure and try to create breakaways, which the Jets have been doing in spades. If Adam Lowry had really good finishing talent, he'd probably have something like five or six extra goals because he's constantly finding himself on shorthanded breakaways. This one, though, uh, you know, he wasn't really the primary driver. Kyle Connor, who had had a bit of an uneven game so far, um, you know, he saw Kucherov drifting around in the neutral zone, recognized that there might be an opportunity, so he didn't really pull back. Uh, He was mostly just waiting for... Tampa Bay to get the puck in the neutral zone and start their whole um, offensive zone entry, but Kucherov actually slipped and fell. The puck starts to slide behind him. Kyle sort of recognizes the opportunity, charges forward, grabs the puck, and then creates a beautiful one-on-one matchup goal that Vasilevsky never really had a chance on. And then after that, you know, Winnipeg just started pouring it on. Uh, They got a couple of empty net goals. There was a nice little Ross Colton deflection goal in there for Tampa Bay, but You know, for the most part, I think the Jets were really taking care of business. They were pressing aggressively, really uh, putting the hammer down against Tampa Bay, which is not exactly easy to do, even if, you know, they've pulled the goalie. It's it's still pretty difficult to score against this team, and yet the Jets were finding ways to pull it off. Now, in some total, you know, this, this game, I would say, was actually a pretty solid performance for the Jets. I think Winnipeg executed on the vision it was hoping to to really accomplish here. You were offensively aggressive. You, you saw the team really hammer down um, on the neutral zone. They denied a lot of Tampa Bay's zone exits, which is actually somewhat similar to what happened several years ago when they got swept by Columbus. I don't think it was the exact same style, but that was an issue back then. Maybe the Jets identified something here that they could start to pressure and really head off a lot of Tampa Bay's zone exits. Um, and especially for that first period that was super chaotic, This gave the Jets a huge tactical advantage, and Winnipeg was able to really take control of the game early, even though the scoreline ended up finding a way to be tied later on. Uh, That said, I still, you know, I I was uneasy throughout the whole game. You kind of felt like even with any sort of a lead or a tied situation, Tampa Bay would probably find a way through. Uh, We were kind of fortunate that that didn't really occur this time. The Jets took care of business. They got the full two points, and it didn't even take overtime, so... That, I can say, is pretty fun. Uh, It doesn't really mean much for the season. And, you know, I think we all kind of understand where this team is at. But, you know, beating a Stanley Cup champion team, it's no easy feat. And the team should be lauded for it. Now, you know, there were some folks on the Jets who were saying this is a big measuring stick. I thought it might have been the captain, but looking at the quote, I'm not sure if he was the one who directly said this. But the team basically was indicating they feel that this is a good sign of what they can be at their best. Which, yeah, they can be. Uh, We'll talk about what this really means for the team and if it actually has any implications on the remaining schedule. And speaking of the remaining schedule, we'll preview a couple of their upcoming games in very brief form in just a little bit. Hey friends, and welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are closing out tonight with some thoughts on the Jets commentary about this game being a measuring stick against the rest of the competition You know, you beat the Tampa Bay Lightning, the vibes are good, the team is riding high, they're feeling happy. 
does it actually mean much though? You know, and I, I feel like this is a loaded question, right? You know, the Jets, they have potential to be special at times, but I think what we've seen this year is that there's a lot of inconsistency. The coaching staff has improved certain areas of the game, more so on special teams than anything, but like the overall team play has definitely declined a decent amount. Uh, defensively, the team is a train wreck, which not really shocked. I mean, uh, Paul Maurice was always very team defense oriented, especially with the forwards. Didn't always have the impact that he was expecting, but at least his mindset was there. Lowry, I don't really think, shares that particular view of how to organize uh, both the forward and the backline units together. So this team, yeah, I, I think the Jets can win on certain moments where they have really great talent and when all of their lines are working at peak efficiency, hemming uh, opponents in, using that physicality and skill to sort of uh, pressure opposing skaters into mistakes. The problem for Winnipeg is that they often make their own mistakes and they aren't really forced. The Jets have a really bad habit of turning over the puck in super vulnerable areas, which then gets countered, turned into a goal against, and suddenly the Jets start falling apart. Uh, today's game against, or I guess it was last night's game in, in you know the case that you're hearing this on Wednesday, um, last night's game was definitely a situation where the Jets made a number of very serious errors and they were punished on a lot of them, but they were able to recollect themselves and get back into the game and end up winning. So again, that is a nice positive development, but I think the bigger problem is that the, the core issues with the team still remain the same. You know, Winnipeg definitely has a lot of, uh, you know, gaps in the roster. The strategy and tactics are still a work in progress. I still think we need to seek out a new coaching staff. And so I'm not really looking into this result too much. I don't think it is actually a measuring stick, especially in light of all of the other failures that this team has undergone over the past couple of weeks. So yeah, I, I wouldn't read too much into it, but it is just a nice fun win. And I think on those merits alone, you can still enjoy it for what it is. Winnipeg's schedule, though, it's not going to get super easy from here. The Jets are hitting the road for a few games, visiting New Jersey, the Islanders, and the Blues. Their first two opponents are relatively on the softer side, but the Devils recently have been decent-ish, and they actually just took apart the Colorado Avalanche, so I wouldn't really count my chickens before hatching yet. And then, of course, the Blues are always a pesky opponent. After that, the Jets will come back for a mostly homestand kind of uh, situation. Lots of games against teams that are either middle of the pack, or uh, some of them are on the, on the bottom, I would say. They've got the Sens, you know, the Blackhawks, the Yotes the Sabres, those kinds of teams. But then after that, you know, you're going to see uh, Montreal again, Colorado, the Kings, um, Colorado a couple of times, the Panthers. I mean, this is a decently difficult schedule. They'll also have a visit to the Lightning. And then towards the end of the season, they've got the Flames, the Avs, uh, and the Hurricanes. So, yeah, the Jets for the next couple of weeks are going to have a chance to climb back up in the standings. I don't really expect them to, but I do think that the opportunity is there. I don't know that I'd really advocate for them to push. I think that, you know, taking tanking out this season and not really uh, performing up to standard is fine enough. You know, just go for a draft pick, and I don't really care what happens after that. Just make sure that you sell anybody that you're not really intending to make part of your core longer term. But beyond that, you know, the Jets are just going to have to ride the wave and kind of see what happens. I still foresee this being a season that's lost. I, I, I think the Jets aren't really in a position to be competing, and I don't think that they should force it. So we'll see what happens. I, uh, I, I've definitely 
mentioned before, I think this team has too many flaws for Winnipeg to reasonably get by, and I think that is going to show itself even against weaker competition. I'd be curious to know your thoughts, though, if you're hoping the Jets make the playoffs or if, like me, you're kind of on Team Tank. Maybe you actually don't think either option is the best. Be sure to let me know at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets on Twitter. For tonight's episode, though, that is going to be all the time that we have. Thank you so much for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. Be sure to make your second listen Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Hosts Steel Rodan and Flip Livingston help you become the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available wherever you get your favorite podcasts, so be sure to like, follow, and subscribe right now. And as always, thank you so much for listening. Have a great night, and go Jets go!